What is going on, internet? And welcome back to another episode of Nerdy Nomicron. Episode 45. We are fucking getting up there. We're we're middle-aged now, 45. I was just going to say. Going to start having a little midlife crisis. We're going to have to plan our <laughs> retirement soon. Well, no. Just kidding. But first, but first, we have to get new haircuts and buy sports cars. Well, can I get a toupee first <laughs> and then the haircut? Because it's not going to work the older I get. <laughs> <laughs> fair fair but maybe you should get a toupee that's already styled in a way in which you like it and then just wear it that's true i'm gonna go for the the danny devito look then i mean hey you do you if that's <laughs> if that's what you want to do no i do ahead. danny devito is what i do danny devito <laughs> that is an interesting choice a huge fan of the show um Loves us. Has has his own show right now. Maybe we maybe we can talk about that in a bit. I am your host, Alex, aka Snurfin. To answer your question, yes, he does. It's a cartoon. It's on Disney Plus. Huh. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk. You know what? We'll we'll briefly touch on that in a second. Of course, joining me, my two homies, a man who needs no accolades because he is a living fucking god machine. Ryan the synthetic. What up? <laughs> Howdy. And of course, everybody's favorite snuggle bug. He is a man of few words until you get him talking. And he's also the man of feels. Ollie the Vonstrosity, what up? <laughs> hello, hello. You know me, just send the ticking up in here. Oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, we've almost <laughs> laid that best ride impression. <laughs> almost laid Dude, that Dude, that's exactly how I sound when I'm live. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I say that catchphrase all the time when I kill things in BioShock Infinite. Wait, catchphrase. really? <laughs> that's funny. No, I mean, I totally actually. knew that. I watch I've all never the time. Said that in my whole life. <laughs> so the show, the show I was talking about is called <laughs> <laughs> it's called Little Demon. Uh, Little I watched Demon. the I watched the first episode of it. Oh, uh, the animation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit! I didn't realize it looks, he was in that. It looks kind of like I don't know what how I would uh, compare this animation style. It's yeah, unique. I know what you mean. Um, um, I haven't given it a chance yet, but it's on my list. Right, but it is very much an adult animation. Um, okay. and Daddy DeVito's it. I think like the DeVito family. So let's see. Aubrey Plaza plays in it, but Lucy DeVito, Danny DeVito. I think I remember IMDBing and seeing a few more of the DeVito family uh, having a role in this or whatnot. It's not half bad. It's about a little girl who turns 13 and discovers that she's the Antichrist and her mother's like this. I don't know, kind of, kind of buff witch, um, a demon hunter. At least that's the vibe that I got from it. Um, not half hmm. bad, uh, you know, blood and gore and and toilet humor, all the things that uh, a perfect cartoon makes. Um, hmm. I mean, check it out. Uh, like I said, the first episode wasn't half bad. Uh, I haven't really gone any further. Um, that's fair. Because the first episodes are just like the taste. And then once you get into it and it finds its footing, it gets a lot better depending on if it's actually good or not. But Right. Fair enough. So uh, we didn't have an episode last week uh, just because we didn't really have a whole lot to talk about. But this week we do have a whole lot to talk about. Stretching, of course, over uh, 
the various Star Wars projects that have been uh, going on, as well as some DC stuff. Uh, and probably in the bottom half, we'll get on to a little bit of Black Adam discussion uh, and and theories and whatnot. Um, with that being said, I don't remember where did we where did we leave off on Andor at the last episode. We I haven't think... talked about the heist yet. It was it was yeah, still before the heist. heist. Yeah, yep. that was the last well, I mean, episode that we uh, the last like we, episode we stopped at episode five. So we have six, when, seven, and eight to talk about. When the guy stuff. got bitch slapped by his mom, I think. <laughs> yeah that was the last right. scene Cyril that was not the last scene of that episode well it's the last scene and printed in my memory <laughs> which is not the same <laughs> <laughs> it lives rent free up in there I mean hey if that one scene out of the entire series wants to live there then uh, so be it I really don't like Cyril huh <laughs> what do you have against this poor dude Oh, I mean, he's kind of a bitch. Oh, no, it's just that I'm a fan of his mom. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that makes I sense. I mean, she's she's more of a bitch than he is, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the slap heard around the world, like, even the grandma across the way, like, was watching. Should <laughs> <laughs> be expected. Those old, old grandma types, they have nothing better to do than stick their nose in other people's fucking business. Yeah. <laughs> Keep walking, Dorothy. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Either way. Yeah, okay, so heist. Let's talk about the heist. We don't need to spend too much time on it, especially with the filler episode in the in-between. Wasn't really all that uh, all that important. But uh, what, are, what, are, what are our thoughts on the heist things episode? Went, things went pew-pew, pew-pew, pew-pew-pew, in, there was, of course, there Star was, Wars fashion. There was definitely a lot of pew-pew. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. There, there was there was plenty of that um, i mean like you i really liked the whole scene when they were flying out of the the bay area just like um into the meteor shower that was happening oh man the uh what was it, it called the so eye good yeah oh, yeah that was a really cool mm-hmm. that was thing. crazy and i was like i was high as fuck when i watched that and all <laughs> the colors like just lit up the back of my brain i was like oh my god <laughs> uh, yeah that's got to be one of the most beautiful scenes in anything in, Star Wars I've ever I was, seen. You literally took the words out of my mouth. Yes, it is hands down the greatest uh, beauty in all of Star Wars. Like, name, name me at least one other. Can't. The only one that I like that's uh, like close to it is when they blow up the city in Rogue One. Like the, the one that's the, where Saw Gerrera dies. Right. That was, I think, the only thing that's ever been close. To, to that scene in Andor. Not even. Not even. It's so good, man. Cannot Absolutely touch gorgeous. that. <laughs> it was good. That was really fucking good. I mean, of course, you couldn't have a heist without shit going awry. Shit always has to go awry, otherwise you have no story. If they pulled off the perfect heist, it would have been boring as fuck to watch. <laughs> yep. I don't quite all remember what went wrong or where it went wrong. How'd they get found out? Hmm? Um, so the, uh, there was like kind of a progression to these things happening. It was really subtle. Uh, but we, at first we kind of see like when they start meeting up with the other guards, um, that are actually supposed to be stationed there. Those guards are a little confused. Like they, they don't recognize these people and that's strange considering they're, uh, they're the ones escorting the dude that like, 
runs everything right um within this like sector so we uh we start to see um characters kind of having doubts in the background and it sort of progresses to a point where they uh they go to that like comms tower um and they start trying to talk to uh somebody but then they noticed that what was it it was something that was wrong oh. like there was a looping feed i think on some like on not right. a camera but something like they did something to mess with the camera feeds um and they took notice of it which uh the and also team wasn't expecting right and also they weren't getting contact from the the base that they regularly check in with yeah and couldn't yeah that was couldn't good. contact them either mm-hmm Right. Okay. Now nah, I remember. And they go to check that shit out. And of course, when they go do that, everybody's <laughs> fucking loading the coolest looking money I have seen in Star Wars thus far. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah Looks like, like casino like chips to me. <laughs> kind of, right? But like, they were, they were, they were, what's the word I'm looking for? The polyhedral? Yeah. Or, well, or like octagonal or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Honestly, like, what what do you expect? People not wanting to heist that when it looks so fucking cool. <laughs> oh, of course. And like, anytime Dude, I've ever seen Star Wars money, it's usually like those, like they're sticks, like they look yeah. like they look like long thin dominoes. Mm-hmm. Those are Republic credits. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, and we see we are... see a bunch of different ones. Like in Mando, we see. Him getting paid with those blue like circles. Oh right, those were those the, ones uh... are the Moncala credits. Yeah, they're like yeah, one of the water yeah. worlds. Yeah, there's a lot of different credits, but at this point, um, the Empire is forcing everybody to switch over to full Imperial. Uh, right, and we did see we saw a little bit of that in was it Rebels? It was, yeah, yeah, Gross. yeah. So this is I think earlier than we all kind of expected it to be. Uh, what's happening right now is like leading directly into the events of rebels uh like the end of season one um and this this kind of like uh goes to a lot of what's happening in the more recent episodes right now right um like uh we haven't talked about this i keep forgetting that uh, that we haven't had the chance to talk about this character um i i know that you maybe don't know him ollie and i think that we've talked about this uh before alex but admiral yeah, Yularen, um yeah he was ollie he was the uh the like new dude in the white uniform the new old guy that didn't have the long hair oh, okay yeah so he was a an admiral under the republic um during the clone wars and he's most notable for uh, being the voice that narrated Clone Wars, and he's also one of the admirals that works uh, most closely with Anakin and Obi-Wan. Um, and in the time of the transition to the Empire, he had sort of different views. Like, he he really was a good guy, uh, at least during the Republic era. And I think uh, it kind of, like, the idea of peace and security kind of got to his head a little bit and he doesn't understand the bigger picture right now of why what he's doing is wrong but he was demoted to a colonel which is why we see him in this obviously far lower rank than an admiral would be at this point um but he said he delivers some really important lines uh like 
uh, where he starts talking about how um, all of these systems that harbor these rebels are going to be, um, they're they're basically going to be like given this the fine that the rebels stole from the planet. Um, they also uh, have him implement rules to um, basically give. Uh, full power to the ISB, which is like the Star Wars FBI or CIA kind of thing. They're like an intelligence agency. And they now have full control to do basically whatever the fuck they want uh, because of the actions taken by uh, Cassian and his group. So we're actually seeing the Empire turn into the Empire right now. And it's yeah. like single-handedly one of the most important scenes in all of Star Wars. Yeah, and I love it. Is, I absolutely love it. This is what I've been reading about the show: is that people are finally happy that this show depicts the Empire and not just like teenagers who take down the Empire. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's like verbatim like what I read. Like it's basically just been like Scooby Doo up until now, where they like take down a multi-billion, trillion, quadrillion dollar corporation or whatever, right. and then. Like yeah, and, then, and and now we're like seeing like the actual side of the empire that they never really depicted too well in at least the new trilogy. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like the empire, like because Star Wars has always been geared towards such a, a general audience, we've never really gotten to see this, and it's not for a lack of trying. It's more like they could never go into how dystopian everything is in star wars without making it as dark as this show and we see a lot of that happen with uh these like the prison scenes in the more recent episode um and like every time we see cyril now where he's in that like infinite building uh that's just like going over notes and garbage all day and there's like hundreds of them all in these like exact same little like booths that go on for as far as the eye can see. And then we see like the same thing with these massive water domes of prisons where they're just basically forced into working, um, having no real crimes against them and no trial to, uh, to even put them there. And those are direct causes of their actions in the heist. Hmm. So in a way, the good guys made it worse for fucking everybody. Yeah. But what I do also like about that is uh, you guys caught the line that Luthen delivered uh, where he's talking to Mon Mothma, where she's questioning if it was him that did this. And he's obviously not saying that it was him, but he sort of hints that it was and says that uh, that people needed this for the rebellion to grow. Because otherwise, if things never got worse, then... If for the average citizen, it's basically, like, no different than living under the Republic rule. Like, to be honest, there there's almost no change for a normal person in the galaxy when power that's, swaps sides. And that's always point. how I figured it was. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I really never got the vibe that society was really in turmoil. It was just, like, the rebels have always just been against it because of morality rather than, like, I don't know... It's just the way it is kind of thing, you know? 
Yeah, and I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's a really, like, weird kind of late-stage capitalism take when it comes to the Republic era, and then obviously we see a much more fascist uh, turn when it becomes the Empire, but on, like, day-to-day -day life, nothing really changes for people that aren't these, like, big, important Jedi or Senator-type characters. For the average person that's not part of the Rebellion, somebody that, you know, might just sign up to the... Uh, to the enlist with the empire because they're looking for work kind of thing like on a day-to-day -day basis no matter who is in charge over all of the skywalker saga life is pretty much the same for all these people and it fucking sucks <laughs> the quality of life for star wars characters are awful yeah hmm. <laughs> side note um just popped into my head. I don't know why Nathan and I were working together the other day. And he, uh... oh fuck, am I doing this again? Either Nathan or McLean. I don't, uh, I don't remember. But one of them made an offhanded comment about um, uh, Cad Bane about being how Cad Bane was dead. Someone on online was going off about how Cad Bane was dead, and I'm like, how do you fucking figure that? What do you think that like, they, from... they would? Book of they would just yeah they would just fucking write him off like that big name character i mean to be honest like i still think that it's entirely possible that he is dead it's like oh, realistically no. he at his prime was the best bounty hunter in the galaxy also at this point though he is quite old like by the time he dies in book of boba because he was older than anakin like oh, during the yeah. clone wars at this right. point i don't know how long his species lives for but he's got to be like 80 years old by the time he fucking dies and uh it's probably an over exaggeration but he's pretty fucking old by the time he we see him again in book of boba so yeah, i wouldn't I, mean, like... I wouldn't put it past them to just do it so that like we saw a cool character on screen and now they want to make boba the like number one bounty hunter again oh man i don't know if i'd be okay with that i don't know apparently season two is going to be drastically different than the first season he's kind of given up on his goals of uh leading tatooine he's gonna go and actually do other shit oh really from what i hear but obviously oh, i don't know if anything is confirmed sorry that popped into my head and i just thought it'd generate interesting oh, yeah. conversation that's okay I do want to ask you guys, though, like while we're kind of briefly had been talking about the prison scenes, what do you guys think that they're making them build? Okay. Honestly, I've been wanting BB to talk about this. It's <laughs> a lot of BB-8s. <laughs> a lot of, well, I mean, like, it's a lot of big metal for a BB-8. <laughs> they're kind they of cracked going... in Battlefront 2, though. They, they're kind of slap as some of the hero choices, those BB-8s. <laughs> I, I, I just... They're pretty I, good. I thought... I thought by having this whole, like, being in the prison and making, like, a dystopian kind of game out of it is very, like, oh, let's get all the YA crowd to finally be a fan of Star Wars. So, like, let's have <laughs> we'll this We'll give it some sort thing. of squid game feel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, but, but for real, I'm sure it has a lore purpose. Um, I think, honestly, it looks like... So they look like they're interlocking rivets like they would interlock with each other as well uh and then apply paneling to them for the fucking death star that's what i think oh shit 
That would make sense. That's pretty much in theme of like. And like, they need to get this thing fucking built, right? Because Palpatine's like, build my shit or die. <laughs> so, like. Now I've you have got to... a, an alternative take on this. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Once you finish up your thought. It's R2D2. <laughs> yeah, it was never BB 8. <laughs> it was always R2. Or what was the red um, one that Anakin had in the beginning of the third movie? The Revenge of the Sith. Didn't he have a, a red that one? That wasn't Anakin's. That was Obi-Wan's. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Lame. Yeah. Um, so I think um, this kind of ties a little bit back to what I was saying. That we're currently like seemingly in the events of early Star Wars Rebels seasons. Yeah. I think we're pre-Death Star. Like a little ways out okay so my theory is that we are currently seeing the actual effects of the reign of grand admiral thrawn and to back this up um i think that those things that they're building are the shield generators for his tie fighter program which was uh his idea was to implement stronger um uh, just like generally better working uh, ships and like tanks and all of that. He wanted to put the Empire's funds into beefing up their entire military. And in Rebels, we see him use shield generators in upgraded TIE fighters uh, right. so they can not only withstand uh, a shitload of fire, and they're basically going to beat any Rebel ship in a 1v1. Um but they also are capable of uh, hyperspace travel, which TIE fighters are not capable of. They don't have uh, they don't have the hyperdrive in them. Oh, damn. Um, but his idea was to strengthen the entirety of the Empire rather than have this like one big thing that everybody was scared of, which was the Death Star. Right. Um, and because of his. Uh, I guess we think it's his death, but I think we know also it's not his death at the uh, end of Rebels. Um, he loses his power, and then Tarkin takes over and continues with the Death Star plans, which is what Palpatine wanted uh, at, at the end anyway. But that's something that's really important to this is the fact that now the ISB has full control to basically go and occupy any planet that they want. So that's how we're going to start to see these factories coming up in places like um, Ezra's homeworld. What right. was that place called again? Oh. Uh, I do not remember. But uh, like they, they start building factories all over the galaxy so that they can um, continue to produce these TIE defenders is what they're called. Uh, for this program so i think they're building the shield batteries for the actual ships because i think we're still pre-death star Low and five. we're at a point where until thrawn is dead or out of the picture um in like a few years from now the death star is not a finalized decision <clears throat> fair uh planet lothal yeah lothal that's yeah that's the one that's kind of yeah that's that's my take on it that's kind of crazy yeah, I thought uh, I thought Death Star because like in my in my head I was like, well, this would this be where like he fucking breaks out but like steals the plans for it and it kicks off Rogue One. Um, yeah. 
That's what well, I, I I don't know. I don't think that I don't know if I think that this show is going to lead us directly into it anymore. I kind of okay. don't think it will, because like we should have at least five or more years before like current events of this show catch up to a new hope, which is like the day after Rogue One takes place. Right. Or I suppose the day of. But I, I still think that we're a few years out because like otherwise this all of this stuff that's happening with the ISB would have happened a lot longer ago if we were closer to the events of uh, Rogue One. Like, like, uh, I don't know how, how to really explain my train of thought, but is it like, is it kind of making sense what I'm saying? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I I can't like properly like formulate my sentence to, to like get my <laughs> point across. I feel like, but welcome to my it, life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I feel like we're still too early for that just based on all of these new laws that are being implemented. Well, well, look at you who actually knows like timelines and shit. Like, you know, same thing with the rings of power that we just finished watching and talking about. Right. Like, I feel like showrunners and the, and screenplay writers of, of these shows, like probably unfortunately aren't as big a fan of the material. It's just another gig to them. And I don't know if, if like, I kind of see, like, I get that this show is a TV show and we technically might have many more seasons until the events of Rogue One happen, but I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like Alex said and it's the Death Star. I mean, I definitely think so. That Like, that's a possibility as well because, like, we've pro- we talked about it previously that his... Uh... His homeworld, Ferrix, it was destroyed in a mining accident. Um, and uh, like we've uh, stated before, that is always code for the Death Star blew it up. Yeah. So it, it's <laughs> yeah, like, it's they're, honestly they're like super hints. possible. Oh, I mean, yeah, like, I can also see, I can also see Ryan's, Ryan's side of things too. Like with, with Ahsoka coming up and that's basically going to be about Thrawn, like you could use this to kind of not bridge the gap but like offer some narrative as to what's what has been going on or what had gone on yeah because like the way i see it is thrawn is behind all of this right now in andor and he's Mm. the one that's directing um uh admiral ularin to like give all this power to the isb I'm kind of hoping it turns out that way. I would love to see a fucking live action Thrawn. I hope so too, man. And like what we, they work really closely together for a lot of Thrawn's career because uh, Admiral Yularen was a very reputable, reputable admiral in his right. days uh, with the Republic, and a very good strategist as well. So Thrawn actually respected him, but they they did work very closely together. And we see a couple times in Rebels where they are like discussing plans together and on the same bases on the same ships trying to get rid of the rebels together. Right. Uh so I could totally see us getting a scene where Thrawn appears and he's talking to Yularen in like a one-on-one maybe even with that other uh female ISB agent that's like closing in on Cassian. Right. 
I could definitely see a scene like that happening like next episode if they break out of prison next episode. Damn. You don't think it's, you know, they'll spend more than one episode in the prison? I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like, I, I feel like they probably will uh, just because we haven't had, um, we haven't had the buildup uh, fully to them, like all meeting to save Cassie and I suppose because everybody's currently working to their own motives right now like we see the two uh the two other survivors of the heist are looking for him to kill him to tie up loose ends Luthen is looking for him to find him and bring him into the rebellion um and now Bix and his like brother or stepbrother or friend just got captured by the empire to bait him out right so uh, I don't know, like it's possible that he breaks out of prison, but they also, nobody knows he's in there. Literally nobody has any idea he's in there. So I mean, it, it's, it's hard to say, like, I, I feel like it won't be next episode, but I also don't think the finale will be them breaking him out. I think it'll oh, be God, something Oh God, no, I really that. hope not. It'd be a waste. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think it'll go faster than that. I mean, they did spend like two or three episodes building up the heist, but the heist was really just one episode itself, so I could I feel like him getting out of prison would probably happen at the by the end of next episode or something. Like I don't see them keeping him there, or they're gonna time skip or something. But I also yeah. don't think they're gonna time skip too hard because I, yeah, I I don't see the events being that far off. I don't know. Although, like, that would check out. He's in prison, like, his sentence is six years. If they did a six-year time skip, that would put us oh. almost directly to the events of Rogue One. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> Let's hope not. Okay, say say he does get broken out of prison eventually and doesn't serve his sentence, like, to the end or whatever. What, what gets him out, necessarily? Do you think he's going to break out, or what? So, okay, this is another theory that I have, actually, that I kind of forgot about. Um... There's one really quick scene uh, when he first goes into the prison where he sees one of the dudes that works at his table uh, doing like sign language or something across the like bridges that they're on to somebody else doing sign language on another bridge like a mile away. And my thought is that those are those guys are there on purpose. They're plants by Saw Gerrera um, to basically like sabotage the Thai Defender program. Uh, because that this happens a lot in rebels where they have like rebel infiltrators working in the factories to make faulty equipment for the the empire so i think uh, i think he's gonna end up following these guys or like getting in league with these guys at the same time that the other group of people that we see are also gonna try and break him out and i think that that's where we're gonna start to see conflict and everything go to shit because they both have like very different plans for how they are going to escape and they're not going to work out together and it'll probably end up like the heist where most if not everybody dies right but i can't help but feel like saw Gerrera showing up last episode was more important than just a, a cameo well i mean andy circus do we know andy circus was in this no i think it fucking so. surprised the hell out of me no I hear Same. the voice and I'm like, is that? And then he gets a little bit closer. I'm like, no. And then he got right okay. into view and I'm like, oh shit. Ha- yeah, has Andy Circus 
been in Star Wars for mocap yep. or anything? He was yep. Snoke. Okay, that's what I thought. He was Snoke. But he didn't voice Snoke, or he did voice he Snoke? Did. Yeah, he, he did. did all of it. He oh, did yeah. literally okay. all of it. Just, he was the mocap and so the he, voice. He, he even did the part where he got his own head chopped off? Yeah, yeah, dude, wow. he's that good of an actor. <laughs> he's, he's that no, good. Fuck. And he, he became like nine feet tall and like <laughs> melted half his face. Bro, Bro you're telling me. Just I'm telling you, gym, man. he used the force. <laughs> For fuck's sakes, man. Actor, I believe man. it. The way that that man can <laughs> act and change his voice, I would believe that he is capable of using the force. Right. It's all like shadow puppets. Like he just has a way <laughs> of doing like real life CGI and it's just shadow puppets. <laughs> oh, Andy Circus is actually a CGI version of himself. We never see the real one on screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You guys have uh, any other theories, though? Like, um, anything else? I, I kind of... I feel like we probably skipped over some things, but it's been a while since uh, we talked um, about the show, well, so I feel like I, we're right. missing things. I'm curious what you guys think of Andor's um, uh, character development, because I want to talk about that scene at the end of the heist when he kills the dude. Skeen was yeah. being an ass. Okay, but the thing is, is Andor, like, at the at that point, he was really just in it for the money, right? He's like a get-in, get-out type guy. Why did right. he have to kill him? I felt like that was kind of like, he could have just shut his mouth and, like, walked away from it, took his cut, and, like, not killed the dude. Well, but what then if, he, but what then if he, Skin was going to go kill the blonde chick? I suppose. Like, but, That's how I took that. Well, wasn't you? that what okay. he said? I thought he said that, like... If like we just go in there, we kill her, we take the ship and leave and split the reward. I, what he said to Cassian. I mean, I'm probably not gonna go back to watch it, but I'm gonna say I should go back to watch it because like I totally thought he was just saying like we should just take it for ourselves and go. I think that's what his words were. Well, he think... was in regards to the kid that was shot on the table, but he wanted to kill the the other people that were involved, but he just like he wasn't he was just going to leave the kid there if he lived or died. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. But I don't know. Like I, I might be wrong as well. I might be misremembering what, what exactly was said, but I, I kind of got the same feeling that Alex did. Um, and I, I do though feel like they intentionally made the scene the way that they did where Cassian gave like no kind of context to what was going on when he walked into the operating room with a right. gun pointed at her and said, I'm taking the ship in the barn, my cut of the credits and leaving, and then gave her the the kyber crystal and walked away. Right. Like, he never, he didn't explain himself. He didn't say why yeah. he shot that dude. Yeah, nope, that, that's And fair. that's partially why they're looking for him, right? They're trying to tie up a loose end because they think that he is bad, even though he, for whatever, like... I don't know how they reached this conclusion when he, again, only took oh, his cut, his original I thought, cut. Uh, I thought uh, there was a dialogue with um, with Luthen about how he knew about Skeen's like, sneaky ways from the beginning, but needed the man anyway, or something like that. Probably. That would make a lot of sense for Luthen's character to know that. And it was like also kind of a a gamble the same way that Cassian was, but right. I feel like he did know more about Cassian. 
Right. But yeah, I mean, you're you're probably like not far off at all on that one. I would say you're probably pretty dead on. Well, I mean, I could use some fucking winning points. I don't get the <laughs> of course. You guys get stuff all the time. Like <laughs> you and I were at work the other day, and and you mentioned Saw Guerrera. I mean, I knew that yeah. like, eventually it would have to come into play, but like, but the day after, come on. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I thought he was going to be the one to break him out of prison or that he right. was going to meet him in prison. Neither of which happened, no, but, but still, like, we, we still, still got Sagarera. Yeah. And of course, yep. our boy reprising his role. Yeah. I, I really liked oh. seeing him. He actually looked a lot younger in this than I thought he would. Oh, they <laughs> they obviously de-aged him. Oh, yeah, um, like, for sure. But still, like, every time we've ever seen him in live action, he is ancient. He looks yeah. like he's hundreds <laughs> of years old. <laughs> Why am I blanking on his name? Um. Oh, dude. Why are you... Uh, I mean, I know why. <laughs> you're supposed it's to... Supposed to wait supposed to know this i know rely on you guys to know the names of characters because i can't be bothered to remember huh. sometimes you just <laughs> now i lost my train of thought on that yeah I'm i looking, knew like, i knew looking, that was I'm, gonna go <laughs> i'm looking up fucking saga rare and i'm like trying to read in forest whitaker Fuck's yeah sake. Uh, okay. yeah I had something witty. You be quiet. <laughs> I almost had it. I blew it. Is what it is. Um, yeah, it was nice to see Forrest Whitaker. They, yeah, they DH the, the hell out of him. Oh yeah, looks good not, though. Uh, normally it doesn't. Uh, normally it doesn't look that smooth. I mean, like Luke looked really good DH'd, but right. I don't know. Nor like normally it really doesn't look that good. That's fair. That's yeah. That is what she said. Mm. <laughs> I have nothing. You are nothing. Just kidding. I mean, also accurate. Um, oh. <laughs> that's how you turn it around, Ollie. Now I made you feel bad for it. Wow. <laughs> you got me. Gaslighting. Yeah. <laughs> We don't do that here. <laughs> <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> you guys have uh, anything else you want to talk about with Andor, though? Because I, I got a lot, I think, I, that I want to bring to light when it comes to Black Adam. I think there was a lot more to that movie than people initially Damn. realize. Whoa, oh, look gonna... at you. Okay, let, let's go. Man of Feels is ready. Yeah, I mean, let's let's fucking. I mean, I didn't think we were gonna rail right into it so quick. Let's do it. I mean, I I know, but I just I really want to talk about this because this has been fucking eating away at me since I saw the movie, and I haven't wanted to bring it up until the <laughs> podcast because I wanted like oh, genuine reactions to this. Yeah, uh, because this, this it, is girl. pretty. Shoot. This is pretty big. Shoot. Okay, so Ollie, I think you probably have a, maybe a better understanding of this because of your uh, watching of the cw shows uh-huh um that said it's like loosely related it, it it's more like character uh characters that you see in that show in those shows that i'm kind of gonna yeah. tie this to um do you guys notice anything particular about those bikes that they were using those like hover bikes yeah you guys, they remind like me. recognize those from anywhere uh from fucking justice league yeah well I, yeah but like 
like so they use those exact bikes in gorilla city where grod is from uh and oh, yeah. he was like the he was he was like a, a i don't know i guess a fascist or communist upriser within this uh this city it's kind of like works the same way wakanda does where it's hidden in like a, a mirage of a mountain or something like that okay. uh, and it's a super technologically advanced city um that's run by sentient gorillas uh and the bikes that they were flying around there are literally the exact same bikes that you see them flying around in gorilla city every time you see them in animated shows okay yeah yeah it's definitely a very common thing like i'm pretty sure i've seen those whenever it also comes to what are they called the mother boxes and boom tubes or something like that like i've always seen them travel out of those i feel like yeah i mean they're like like they are just more advanced technology like they're i would say probably the things that'll eventually lead to the like jets that they build for the watchtower and like all these other things in the same way that boom tubes are eventually going to become the justice league's means of travel to get from like you know, they, they'd have little phone booths that would boom tube them up to the watchtower and stuff like that. And they just implement the technology that they encounter uh, to use as their own. And I think that that's kind of kind of what happened here. Although I, I wonder what the ties could potentially be with these uh, with the gorillas to uh, this like insurrection. I, right. I don't really know what to call these people. The, like the, the dude that, tur- pardon? Oh, sorry. Go on. I thought you were talking about the people on the bikes from Black Adam. Well, yeah, like like that group. Like I, yeah, I don't they were, know. They were called Intergang. That's what they called them in the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I don't know what ties the gorillas would have to these people to lend them their technology willingly. Um. But. I wanted also to talk about... Uh, I know Alex and I talked about this the other day. Um, you remember when we were talking about a character called Vandal Savage? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ollie, I know you know this character. Yeah. But uh, yeah. this this place, the city that they were in, is actually one of the places that he takes over in one of the animated shows. Uh, and this is actually the place that I was telling you about, coincidentally, Alex, uh, oh, where yeah. he takes over... Like, he, he uses means of deception to basically give a stroke to the king of this land. He marries his daughter and then imprisons her, so he just basically takes over the country. And then he sends uh, a team into space to take over this international telescope that has a railgun built into it. Uh, And then he just starts, like, nuking cities uh, on Earth using, like, meteors from Earth's atmosphere and kinetic energy with this railgun. Uh, but it originated from this city. I, I'm I'm like 99% certain this was the city in that arc that he uh, that he took over. I mean, probably the whole idea of Vandal Savage is that he's he was basically a caveman who w- was given like immortality from I think a meteorite that like crashed. Yeah, cause he like him. slept beside it one night, yeah. and he was then just like. And unaging immortal and like rejuvenating immortal not like Rachel ghoul immortal but like <laughs> I, I guess what you would imagine true immortality to yeah. be yeah and he 
has pretty much found ways to like profit and control from like behind the scenes kind of thing like he's basically the one man illuminati throughout like the millennia of human existence so i would be surprised (laughs) if he was attracted to places of like power or you know legend kind of like this because he would be around for a while he hears things he's basically like the mob where like if anyone knows about something it's him you know yep that's so exactly I'm, what i was getting at too you're yeah. you're on to something here ollie yeah. yeah yeah like i think that he is the one that bridged the gap between these uh the intergang and the gorillas because who else on who who else on this planet could possibly know about them aside from him yeah that's true because like he yeah anyways i I, i'll just be over explaining it and whatnot but (laughs) it's an interesting theory and and i feel like it has some credit because the way that they introduce the justice society here in this movie is i think dc is finally starting to realize they need to like they need to catch up basically to marvel they need to establish the lore and they need to establish the characters and get them out there like they did a good job with peacemaker um and they like in showing us that you know and suicide squad and that like they exist out there like you know it's a it's already a kind Mm -hmm. of established thing so but now they need to really start putting their pieces together and showing us like what dc has to offer and Mm -hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if there is way more to it like case in point they would not have been able to convince um henry cavill to come back ditch the witcher series and commit totally into dc and show up in a cameo in this black adam movie that may or may not be well received and (laughs) you know like i I don't know like i feel like it's a big ask like i as much of a fan of things that henry cavill is like he's a nerd himself like he plays tabletop rpgs he he does D D. like the dude read all the witcher books um yeah, I, like he, he definitely comic reads guy. comic books and mm-hmm. i like i don't even with him being a fan of all these things i don't know that with the way the dceu turned out with saxon snyder um and joss whedon that he would have come back if there wasn't some big plan or at least a big dollar sign in their face in his face and to be honest warner brothers discovery probably doesn't have a whole lot of money and i doubt they're paying him as much as they were before so yeah i feel like there's definitely stuff behind the scenes that we're going to start seeing it connect like intriguing. I, uh, I think course. he I'm not 100% certain I'm gonna fact check this right now but uh, from what I had heard they paid him something like one to two and a half million for his cameo at the end of this movie holy shit that's actually it yeah like that's a lot of money for a fucking bag. cameo for, holy <laughs> crap not even like five seconds of screen time see but yeah but that's the thing like half like... of it was in smoke <laughs> They, they, they probably like dangled those dollar signs in front of him to get him to show up and once his foot his foot is in the door basically they they got him to be full on board and they probably are promising him something like um like i know what is it tom cruise he negotiates his paycheck to always be like 20 percent of like gross box office or something ridiculous like that like 10 percent. can't remember 
and he makes like a killing off all his movies and they are always huge blockbusters that do really well and i feel like Mm -hmm. henry cavill is definitely the kind of guy that can start drawing the same kind of crowd um and maybe they promised him some kind of deal like that too i could see that i think i think you're i think you're completely right in in a sense but i think he's too late to that if anybody like uh like as an example uh as something like i guess super recent like robert downey jr the same type of thing as tom cruise but across all of marvel where he uh he took a massive reduction in his pay for the first uh, iron man movie and instead had his name staked in every Marvel project going forward that he was, like, attached to. So even when he wasn't in uh, certain Marvel movies, he would still make a little bit, like, maybe 2% of box office earnings for every Marvel movie that ever released during the Infinity Saga. Oh, yeah. And I think I think Dwayne Johnson is that. I think that's exactly what he's doing now. Just because of the amount of say that he has in DC at this point, I think that that's his character, and they're going to try and keep him for the long run, I think, uh, after this movie. Uh, I, I feel like it was very well received from audiences. Right. Critics, definitely not so much. The, those reviews are Welcome. They're a little well, out there, was... but <laughs> audience reviews were really good, apparently. So. Well, it was, it, it was really funny, because I remember the day before the embargo lifted, they were, every news outlet was like, everyone critics are saying this is a game changer like this was literally like (laughs) word for word every single one of their articles and it was clear that like dc gave them a script of like what to publish basically and then the next day when the embargo lifted the reviews were like 30 percent rotten by the critics (laughs) and then now i just saw on instagram that it's like 90 percent fresh by audience scores Mm. and like i mean i kind of like get it but i like the movie it was good it was entertaining it it did a lot for dc the way that i think wonder woman did for dc it it really drew people's attention and while i don't think it was like on par necessarily with wonder woman i think it is a step in the right direction for dc um Mm -hmm. okay i just i just think that yeah like do we want to start getting into like specifics about the movie yeah, sure. If you got like, if you got like an example that you want to use, go ahead. Like, throw well, it out there. I mean, how do you guys want to start this? Do we want to like overall? I'm curious. What are your guys like before we even get into this? I'm curious. Like, what are what do you guys, what did you guys think of this movie? Like, roast or toast? <laughs> Alex, you want to go first? Yeah, why not? Well, just um, just just straight up like roast or toast. Like, I want to hear from both of you first before we get into any one of our opinions. Hmm. Okay. Just like straight up that before we talk yeah. about like our actual like out of ten review. Yeah, because I just I just want to okay. know ballpark. Like, what are we thinking at this point? <laughs> oh man, I'm so on the fence with this one. I don't <laughs> yeah. know if I can answer this with a simple like good or bad. Well, um, right. Like, do you want my number already or like? No, 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 no. Like literally the words roast or toast. Like, do you think this is yeah, a good like like DC? Like roast being it was a shit movie. Toast, it was like good. It was nice. Yeah. Like, what do you get? What do you lean to? Like, we're gonna just pick one or the I, other. I, I I err more on the toast side. Yeah, I agree with that, Ryan. But I it is not without <laughs> issue. 
Oh no no no! Yeah, I know, like I, I, know. I feel like that's important nowadays. <laughs> but no, I, I agree with is, you guys. I'm also why... more on the side of toast. But it was okay. like, we'll get into specifics in a second. Yeah. But yeah, you guys know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, then Alex, do you want to start? Like y- your thoughts anywhere? Yeah. Um, I enjoyed this movie, like a lot, like a lot, a lot. But it's not without fault. And it's one of these movies that, like, it's a rock movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's yeah, it, it really is. It's like things that happen in this movie. I've, I've, you know, come to expect. Um, mm-hmm. like the whole thing with the catchphrase, like that <laughs> gag. I really didn't yeah. care. Like, it was funny like, the first time, the but like, black oh my you. God. <laughs> but like, it was that was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, my wife had a, had a point the other night when we were driving home from it. Um, and the, the, in terms of like the, the way the story flowed, it was very repetitive in its function to, to remind you over and over again that he is the anti-hero. Mm-hmm. And like, they, they really, really wanted to drive that home. Like I felt like perhaps a little overkill like we don't need to talk about the fact that you're just going to kill everybody because you don't give a fuck um mm-hmm. like we didn't we didn't I get what you mean the, like like the scene we didn't where need, the, like, we didn't need the speech the guys mm-hmm. any like any repetitive like he just kills motherfuckers like yeah but like but like talks about it well there yeah. was there's, there's, there's there that constant dialogue of you can't do this it's not right it's like i don't give a fuck <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah ryan was the back right and forth it... with carter and him were like they were a little uh right what's what's the word like like it would kind of bring everything else to a dead stop and they would just rehash the same conversation for the entirety of the movie until they it was all a constant dick friends, swinging contest right yeah like exactly it, that's exactly what it was and it was the <laughs> but it was just over and over and over like that that repetition of of that plot like fucking figure it out um yeah although like before you continue i want to pose the question if it was a character other than hawkman say somebody that actually had a chance to go toe-to-toe with uh black adam like shazam do you think you would have the same opinion sorry one more time so like hawkman obviously got fucking bodied every time he tried to fight oh dummy Every Didn't fucking stand time. He couldn't, couldn't hold a candle. But I, I'm posing the question that if it wasn't Hawkman doing that, if it was, say, somebody akin in power to Black Adam, like Shazam, if Shazam he was would the get character his ass kicked. that idea, but, like, but not in the sense of like who would win, who would lose, but if it was a character that was more accurately balanced in terms of power, do you think you would feel differently about the scene? Do you think it would have more of an impact if, say... We had a scene where Superman and Black Adam fight over these reasons, and then like twenty minutes later in the movie, they rehash this point and fight again. Do you think it would? Do you think you would dislike it as much if it was Superman or Shazam instead of Hawkman? I, I feel like it being Superman versus Shazam, one would make it just stupid. One would make it maybe like comedic because that's what Shazam's character kind of is. You know, he's a kid who like doesn't realize his full kind of potential yet. 
Like, I feel like but, that's... Well, that's not really what I mean. So, like, know, let me try and give you guys a different example. So, like, there's a rule when it comes to romance movies that if you can take the main character, like, the main, like, love interest guy character and replace him with Danny DeVito and it doesn't appear <laughs> creepy, <laughs> then it's a good romance movie. But oh, okay. half the time, like, any of these characters, like, uh, like any popular romance movies, like twilight or 50 shades all of those it it really is like if you replace them with if you replace the main male uh characters in those movies with danny devito they all come across extremely creepy and it takes away everything like magical about the movie right yeah and that, that's the kind of the question that i'm asking is if it wasn't if it wasn't uh, this character, I don't believe that it would have had as negative of an effect on me. I think if it was a more important character that actually stood a chance and didn't just like talk his shit, get clapped and then do it again five minutes later. I think like if there was actually a back and forth and a power struggle, it would have made all of these scenes where they're questioning his moral integrity a lot more impactful. Yeah, I, I see what you mean there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it would. I think with it being them, Hawkman, it, I don't think it necessarily made it negative for me. If it was someone, like you said, like Shazam or Superman, then yeah, it would probably be. I agree. I also think that I would have I would have enjoyed it more had it been uh, a character that was actually able to do some damage to black adam but because it was just hawkman fighting him alone every time and all of his other like the justice That's society true. were all just like sitting there fucking like what the hell are you doing man well, like adam why smasher, are you doing this again adam smasher and cyclone like i'm trying to think of the scenes where they fought in my head and i feel like they did jack all this entire movie like <laughs> cyclone threw some fucking wind or aerokinetics or whatever the fuck she called it and Adam Smasher, yeah, he he smashed the Black Adam in like one scene, and like this movie was just full of like trailer shots and one-liners <laughs> for the trailer. Like you called it, but not great one-liners. Yeah, yeah, not great one-liners. This was I, like a Fast and Furious movie, but like one of the first four, which were kind of good, but like not really good movies. <laughs> yeah. Tokyo Drift was not kind of good. It was. <laughs> It was bad. You know what? That's I... a fair point. But I don't. I, I'm not considering that one. I'm, we're gonna say that that one is outside. It's not actually two. Yeah. We'll say like the actual like order, like numerical order, like one, two, and three. I thought were all right. I don't really remember much of four. What happened in four? Four is Tokyo Drift. Is it not? Well, no, because they had like actual numerical. And T Tokyo Drift was just another oh, story. Oh, Fast like, Four was the Brazil story. one, wasn't it? Wasn't that the bank heist in Brazil? I thought that was Fast Five because that's when we see The Rock first, right? Or maybe what? I'm wrong. I don't know much about I'm these pretty movies. Sure I don't really fucking no... care. But they're like mindless fun, which is exactly oh. what Black Adam was. Fury it was Fast and Furious was the fourth one. And yeah, I'm trying to look at like screenshots of what was going on. Um, yeah, not very, um, not a memorable one. Was that the one where his wife comes back from the dead? Because didn't she die in the car crash from, like, the second movie? Or was this oh, the one God. where she does die? 
No, this was the one know. where she does Who? die. I don't um, know. Fuck, what's that actress's name? You know, Michelle Rodriguez? That chick. Like Le Letty? Yeah, Letty. She dies in that one, in the fourth one. Well, and, allegedly. And then, and, and, then they, <laughs> and then was it was it not F9 or whatever where they bring her back? Or the I, don't think it, I don't think it was that large a gap. I think it was like... I think the it, next movie or like no it movies. was it was definitely at least like two or three movies gap where they didn't have her because they I, were I really focusing don't know. on they were I, focusing I, on like there are so many there's so many micro plots within fucking right i, yeah. I can't keep up with all of them <laughs> yeah, yeah i know it's like it's like, like 10 every character has gone through that arc it's like all of them have died and come back in some way yeah. Except Paul Walker. Well, Whoa. <laughs> well uh, I mean, too soon. <laughs> I don't Not think so. Enough, I don't think, think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's darker. All. <laughs> Anyways, Black Adam. <laughs> Man, that um, movie really had an effect on you, Ollie. You're turning <laughs> into him. You're gonna start telling us about how all these people are bad, and you're a you're a really good guy for killing all of them and liberating yeah. us. Yeah. No way. <laughs> Um, basically domestic terrorism. W one thing I appreciated about the Black Adam movie was I felt like the humor wasn't so down your throat like a lot of Marvel movies or even like other movies could be. Um, they had, mm -hmm. yeah, sure, they tried their shitty one-liner. Like, they tried the same joke. Like, it was, okay, there were like three running jokes in the movie. The first one was the, the punchline where it's like, tell him the man in black sent you or something like that. And mm -hmm. then the other one, was the one where Hawkman and and Adam Smasher was like you and me, you and me, bro. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, that <laughs> one was actually kind of funny. Like the second time, um, mm -hmm. and then, I, I didn't mind one as much. But like, if they had done it again, I would have been a little bit upset. Like, yeah, I don't know. Two times was more than enough, but it didn't sit poorly with me after it only happening twice. Yeah, and then and then the other one, I guess it wasn't so much a joke, but it was like what you guys pointed out, where it was just so repetitive about it being like, I'm different, I kill people, I'm not a hero, <laughs> and like it just yeah. <laughs> it just sounded so fucking edgy, and like what kids want to hear when like everyone's like, what you want to play as Superman during our playtime? No, I want to be Black Adam because he's he's not a hero and he's like badass. Like I don't know, like. And it kind of reminds me of the time I got really high and decided to watch that Sylvester Stallone movie on uh, Prime that recently came out. Um, the one where he's a like washed up superhero. Yeah, like that. Okay. And it just oh, reminded me. No, it wasn't. It reminded <laughs> me. Like that's my point. It reminded me of that movie because in my eyes, the way I see it is is both these actors, okay. Dwayne. Dwayne Johnson and Sylvester Stallone were looking at all the Marvel shit or the DC movies and they were like, man, I could totally milk that cow. I want to be I want to get in on this market. So I know Sylvester Stallone was obviously in Guardians of the Galaxy, right? But it's right. not a big enough role for him. He wants he wants to be at the forefront and he wants an edgy dark storyline. So what do they do? And they write him as this like he had Rambo. What more do you need? I know, but he wanted to be a superhero. So Rambo is kind of a fucking superhero. <laughs> the man's a legend. <laughs> so, anyways, the premise of that of that movie that he's in, I can't remember the name, uh, Guardian or something like that. Whatever. But 
um, he he plays a superhero that's washed up, and and the lore is is that he's washed up because him and his brother were both raised in a terrible environment because they had superpowers and their parents didn't know how to deal with them. So one turned evil, one turned good, and then the evil one, the good one, ended up killing the evil one to stop him for good or whatever. And the evil one wanted to like blow up all of Detroit or wherever the movie takes place. Samaritan. Samaritan that's it Samaritan was the good one and then the bad one honestly looked like a fucking like mall ninja warrior he was just like he, he was basically Punisher without the logo and just with like a black mask that used like a black Jason Voorhees mask basically like it was just dumb uh-huh. they put no effort into his design they were just like hey put on this body armor okay the legs to now the face um and so the the whole plot twist of that movie is just it makes you think like wow he really wanted a good written story where like he comes off as this edgy character who like oh my god that's such a great twist so the whole plot twist of the movie was that sylvester stallone was the bad guy all along and he had actually killed the good guy but then now this kid in his life teaches him how to now be the good guy and and redeem himself so like (laughs) And it just, and that's what I saw in Black Adam. It was just like, okay, so you have the story, and in the trailers, it's like, oh, they killed my son, so I had to be the champion or whatever. And then they, like, knowing that that is in the trailer, and then in the first 30 minutes of the movie, they, like, fucking, you know, they basically show you that, like, oh, um, it's not what you think. It's the son that becomes Black Adam or whatever. Um, And they kind of, like, ruin their own twist near the end oh right you're thinking i'm thinking the opposite way sorry go ahead because because it turns out that the champion is now Dwayne the rock because his son loved him so much he gave him his powers or whatever and that just Mm -hmm. reminded me of the movie samaritan where it was like wow like you really thought this was like a well thought out like plot twist like that is like i don't know i was really underwhelmed by that and I'm like, I'm pretty sure you kind of ruined this plot twist like earlier in the movie because of the way you had your trailers set up. And like, so I don't really think the writing was anything exceptional in this movie at all. No. There were a few gags that I genuinely laughed at. I can't remember. There, Like near the end in the third act, there was a joke made by the, the brother of the chick, the 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 electrician guy oh yeah. yeah where where dr fate tells him just stay away from electricity that's how you die and he's like i'm an electrician and <laughs> and and then later he comes around swinging a fucking like pipe and he's like it's okay as long as i stay away from electricity <laughs> so now he's like gung-ho and shit i thought like that mm-hmm. was kind of like funny but but the rest of it was like the the villain was a very one-dimensional guy he was basically like evil for the sake of being evil okay how long how long in until you figured out who he was like i knew in like the first 20 minutes because i'm like hey his face looks like the fucking yeah king's face well that's the thing they didn't even try to like hide that fact well like, kind of but like I mean, just not really well but the other thing too is like as soon as that guy like fell off the cliff at the beginning of the movie and then the girl turns around and asks where that dude is and then he's just like all creepy like he he fell off the cliff you know like i just immediately was like yeah this guy's definitely the big bad (laughs) and and then as soon as he was like wanting the crown and 
I was like, okay, he must, he must be some descendant or something like that. Like this is such a cliche story. <laughs> I felt like the mm-hmm. movie was just full of these cliches. I think the only, I, I think the only like real, like interesting part for me that this movie introduced to DC aside from the Superman cameo and obviously expanding past America and, and showing conduct was the fact that they showed more Amanda Waller and like the fucking prison under the, like, where was that? Um, it was like Antarctica or something. Yeah. Okay. Like that prison. And I was trying to make out like who were in the pods. Like obviously there was a, Oh no, those were right. But there was a, it was a whole lot of different ones, two different shapes. I couldn't make a single one of them. I know. And and that was, that was a little bit lazy, but yeah, I, I get that they, why they did that. And, I'm just thinking, like, well, this is beyond what they showed at, like, whatever prison was in Peacemaker and, and Suicide Squad. Was it Blackgate? Or... Oh, no, it was, um... I don't know. I still haven't seen that show. It was The uh, Raft. The Raft. That's it. <laughs> no, it's not no. The Raft. That's Marvel. <laughs> no, no, no. But it had some name like that. In Batman Arkham Knight, it's the floating prison that, like, is in the DLC. Fuck. I can't remember the name of it. But it has the some Hovercraft. name... No, it's like the Iron something. Like Iron Gate Prison? Blackgate Prison? I've never I played that game. I mean, Blackgate Prison is a place in, in DC. Yeah, I think they use it in the Flash show where Henry Allen is <clears throat> imprisoned. It's, uh, they also use it in The Dark Knight Rises. That's the one that Bane breaks everybody out of. Okay. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a very uh, popular prison. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the predecessor to Arkham. Yeah... Iron Heights, that's it. Iron Heights Penitentiary. Oh, I thought it was that yeah. in... Uh... No, maybe that's the one they use in The Flash. I don't know. Anyways, Probably, that would make um, sense. Iron Heights was the metahuman prison, I think, originally, yeah. right? It's the one where they sent, like, all of the... Like, the, the Captain Cold and, and like... Yeah. I think Luther is there a lot. Um, Pipe Piper. Um, like, every yeah, everyone that they captured that was, like, metahuman of some kind, basically. Um, but anyways, yeah, like I thought that the movie had a lot of potential for that because it was really trying to show that like black Adam wasn't like what we're seeing so far isn't the only thing we're seeing. And I like the fact that this wasn't just black Adam versus, um, what was the Sakad Sadik? Sadik was the villain, right? The the demon Sabic with a B. No, no, no. With a, with a D. With a D? Okay, yeah. No, it's so, two Bs. S-A-B-B-A-C. Sabic. His name stands... His name is an abbreviation for the seven demons of hell. Right, uh, just like Shazam is the wizards. Gotcha. Yeah, or gods or whatever. exactly. Yeah, and there's I, there's like... The two Bs are like Behemoth and Bayamut or something like that. Okay. Or Yeah, Belzebub there's two Bs or whatever. Two Bs, two As, and a C, and an S. Yeah, no, a Q. It's a Q. Sabak, the end of it is a Q. I'm pretty sure. I thought it was a C. I think it was a Q because they 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 wrote his name out at some point. No, no, Kondok ends in a Q. Oh. Really? Yeah, it is S A B B A C. Whatever. Anyways, um. So yeah, yeah I'm glad it wasn't just here. like I mean, She Hulk. I like this is the one thing she got right in that show, or what she says like. You know, it, it's annoying when the big bad is just the same as the good guy, but like the opposite. 
and like same powers and everything so i'm i'm glad that they had like the justice society in there and dr fate like i think dr fate and hawkman were my favorite parts of that um i i really like that they made this a more like inclusive like this really felt like i was watching an episode like a story within the dc universe rather than it being like the birth of something within the dc universe if you get what i mean yeah like, I, really I, I totally like agree with you Smasher. no i didn't like him either i thought i would because i don't know why i i guess maybe it's because i like brandon routh and he played the atom in in the cw show arrow okay. um and of course he was superman before henry cavill um but like Adam Smasher and Cyclone were just fucking lame. Like the beginning of the movie, they just reiterated <laughs> what each other's powers were. And they were just like jerking each other off being like, wow, you can like move wind. That's cool. And she's like, you can grow <laughs> big. Right. And I'm just like, come on. Like we know this is a DC and superhero movie. Like stop fucking like jerking us around here. I don't know. I just felt like it was a little bit like on the nose commentary. And like, we really didn't need that in this movie. Uh, um, I I just don't I Adam Smasher's character like trying to be that constant comic relief I didn't care for it yeah and it I was because like it was like it was dumb safe humor and that's like you know when I say this is a a rock movie like that's yeah there was that's what I mean like there was like mm-hmm. no depth to his character really he literally like I want to know why the fuck his uncle just decided like oh hey like nephew take my suit and become a superhero and suddenly he's like good at it and he i don't know i just it's that like whole nepotism thing in comic books that i'm not a fan of where they do like like superman's family and like everyone's basically another man of steel and (laughs) they might have some variations of powers it like it gets tiring like i think bat the bat family is the only one that actually kind of makes sense to me because they all have very different origins and they're all trained by batman and it's like his thing whereas everyone else is just like my seed has evolved into a flash uh, a younger <laughs> flash that's kid flash over there and, oh and yeah. then that's baby flash there but anyways um i i did appreciate that the fawns himself was the fucking uncle who was, I was gonna Smasher. say but shout outs to fucking henry winkler like yeah <laughs> um and cyclone i guess she's supposed to to be one of the red tornadoes or whatever they're called like i don't know if you guys remember that from any of the dc animated shows but he was always robots i thought all the tornadoes were androids yeah they are so that's something they changed um because the last time i saw an iteration of the androids was in the supergirl show and they literally just had a guy that was a red version of vision and it was like really kind of cringy and he just did t-pose and then he would like swing around in circles and cause like a tornado so that's unfortunate that's the one thing that that. i i think was kind of interesting but to i what i found funny was the way to make her even more appealing to audiences was to have nice colorful like shit in her wind when she like right. did her stuff and then she didn't t-pose she like leaned into it and you know was like on her side a lot when she did that yeah so they... i mean i i don't have a problem so much with her abilities i thought like i thought that was kind of cool having that that weird well no uh, I, i'm just more so getting color. at like these these characters weren't like i don't know like that interesting i feel like they could have picked any other 
like side DC characters to do, and it would have been more interesting than them. Right. That's fair. But like overall, the movie was pretty enjoyable. Um, yeah, like I I think it's in the right direction for DC, and I'm curious if we have any theories on like where it's going from here, if we can even like guess at anything at this point. Um, can we even make any real educated guesses? Like, well, there were a few rumors that came out around the time this movie was like a month from release or whatever. Let me see if I like ever screenshotted them. But obviously, we know Henry Cavill is back. Um, ben Affleck is definitely back. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I think he was just recently, like, fully confirmed to be in the Flash movie. Like, uh, 100% he's in the Flash movie. Yeah, because, like, we spoke about this earlier, so I won't rehash it, but they had Michael Keaton return as Batman, and then they completely wrote Michael Keaton out again just to reshoot it with Ben Affleck's Batman. <laughs> Honestly, like, good. Michael that... Keaton's Batman is such a fucking clown of a costume, dude. I, I hate, hate that iteration. Yeah. It's so bad. Um, You're but bad. anyways. Anyways, it's, it's interesting that like you guys saw the announcement of like the Kevin Feige position for DC, right? Yeah, yeah we got uh, James, James Gunn and that Saf- Safran. Peter Safran. Yeah. yeah, I don't know much about him, but apparently he's producing one of the like a movie right now. James Gunn obviously is doing season two of Peacemaker as his next project, I think. But um. Dwayne Johnson is pushing DC to make a Black Adam versus Superman movie. And mm-hmm. like, God, I hope that doesn't happen because there's no way they're, they're going to do it. And it's not going to end up being another Batman versus Superman. Like, you know, is there there? I don't think I there's a way disagree. you can end that without it being cheesy. Carry, yeah. on, carry on there, Ryan. Um, so I, I think that uh, I think that they honestly could do it really well because at the end of the day, like, unless they decide to make him a full-on villain, then we'd probably never see a proper conclusion to that fight. And to me, that makes sense. Like, there are a lot of times where we see Superman and Shazam teaming up against Black Adam, and we also see them fighting uh, amongst each other separately. And Superman is the most likely to win, um, but he's also, like, he'll hold back a lot because he knows that he's stronger. And it kind of goes hand in hand with like some of the issues that you guys took with Hawkman, where he was a little too go get him sort of attitude towards uh, like very gung ho on his justice. Whereas right. Superman like might be the same way, but he also knows that he can overpower all these people. So I think that it would, if this movie were to happen, the movie would be about the progression of Black Adam's powers more than it would be about. Um, like the duality of these two characters yeah that's that's definitely what i'm saying like if they were to do it they'd have to do it in a way that didn't feel like it's just a remake of batman versus superman you know where it's just like oh it's two supermen now because and shazam's got to be involved in that too like i can't see black adam fighting superman and not have shazam try to (laughs) fight on superman's side or something like that right um and 
yeah, like I like I just don't I just hope it doesn't happen because it just feels like a big Hollywood cash grab and I feel like Hollywood's going to love the idea of both Superman and Dwayne the Rock, like not even Black Adam, it's Dwayne the Rock that they're fucking selling in DC right now. Like mm-hmm. I feel that they're going to they're going to see that and just see dollar signs and it's not going to turn out how they think it is and it's going to be another nail in the coffin of DC. Like at this point we have gone through like resuscitating DC with, you know, the, what are they called? The, the AET, the, the defibrillator paddles. And that's, that's what this black Adam and peacemaker uh, TV series is. And now we're on full on like zombie mode where like, this could be the apocalypse, like careful where you tread. Like, we don't want DC to fall from grace yet again because they're biting off more than they could chew. Like, hmm. I, I I also heard a rumor that um, what, going forward, the Justice League isn't going to be the typical seven that, like, we know of. There's going to be some changes to the roster. So it's still obviously going to be, like, Flash, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. Well, I guess that's like the majority of them, but I I'm guessing like Black Adam's going to be an honorary member. I guess Shazam's in there too. There's but... no way Black Adam joins the fucking Justice League. But at the same time, like I know how they ended with the end credit scene, where like send them all is like what he said to Amanda Waller about people who could take him on. Yeah. But I I kind of don't know where they're going with the character i don't think he's they're going to be a villain they're basically telling him like he has to say in conduct otherwise he's going to be like hostile to the world but i i kind of he's not going to stop killing people so he doesn't share the same ideals as clark and bruce he's just gonna fucking fuck shit up because that's what he does yeah that's true greater good but it is for the greater good if batman had just killed joker we wouldn't have all this shit we also wouldn't have the awesome epic that is injustice. Yeah, that's true. But but this is also a point that they do make pretty clear in this movie as well, is that there is a difference between them because of the no-kill rule. And that seems to be a thing that everybody, in terms of heroes anyway, within the DC universe kind of follows. Like, there right. is effects, even on these other teams from the Justice League. And I think that what they're doing is they're just setting up all of these teams to come together. Like, to me, that makes the absolute most sense that we're basically just seeing the equivalent to the Star Wars rebel cells functioning independently of each other, and then they're eventually going to just merge into one big Justice League like we see in most of the animated shows, where the roster will be, like, hundreds of characters, and they'll just do, like, random shit with random people, and you'll never get, like, the same kind of matchup. So we're like, you have your traditional Justice League members doing certain things. And then another movie takes place where you're following a bunch of like B-list heroes that you don't really know much about. Um, And uh, it's like we're seeing a more interconnected DC universe than they were leading us to believe we would get when Snyder was at the helm. And I think that's great. I think it's absolutely fantastic that this is the case because DC benefits so heavily from all of its heroes being interconnected and working together it makes it different for marvel like they have tons of team-ups in marvel right but independently of each other 
groups like the X-Men and the Avengers, uh, same with like Fantastic Four, like most of these groups always, uh, they're always separated. But DC and Justice League is not like that at all. It's all about them being together and working together. Right. Yeah. So I think this movie did a good job of that at the very least. I, I think it's fantastic that they showed us a bunch of brand new characters that we've never seen on the, on the big screen before because they're working towards this point where all of these people, no matter how important of a hero they are, they're eventually going to come together um, for the, the Justice League, whether it's going to be the Watchtower or like the, the Hall of Justice, like whatever it might be. It depends, I guess, if they uh, decide to turn bruce's old mansion into the hall of justice but uh, i don't know i I think uh, i i think in terms of like superman versus black adam as a movie i i think it would go a lot better than you expected to and i would honestly expect something along the lines of like shazam would be involved but he would be fighting against superman for the first little bit because he would see the symbol of like the lightning on black adam's chest and he would would be be able to understand the powers the same you think that would be enough to sway Billy Bats into step toe to fucking so, Superman? No, He's but the, the thing is that he, if if he hadn't met Superman in the end credit scene of the first Shazam movie, then technically, like this, this is something that happens in one of the animated movies. The first time that uh, that Black Adam and Superman fight, it's initially Superman against Black Adam and Shazam because they don't know who each other are. No. But, like, again, I don't think that that's going to end up happening because we saw that Headless Superman cameo and obviously know that Billy Batson knows who Superman is. Right. Yeah. But, and, and like, that would have been a cool way to do it. Yeah, and they're not going to, like, retcon it because in Black no. Adam or the trailer for mm-hmm. Shazam, they literally have um, Ezra Miller's Flash and Ben Affleck's Batman there. So I'm sure it extends to... Um, I think, was it a tweet or something where somebody was basically confirming that, like, Zack Snyder's initial, like, start to the DCEU was being, like, kept? Like, they're not going to reboot that. They're going to, like, write things around it, essentially. Well, that was, like, a lot of speculation about that came because of the Black Adam trailer when they, they cut out a scene where they use Superman wearing his blue suit after he was revived in, uh, like, after getting killed by Doomsday. They initially, in the Black Adam trailer, um, used the scene where he walks out of the Superman ship in his blue suit, which is the Justice League scene. And then they took that trailer down, put another one up, like, a couple hours later, where the scene was instead him wearing the black suit from the Snyder Cut. And that's the one that they left up. That said, though, I'm hearing a lot about the next Man of Steel movie and how they're supposedly intending on painting a very uh, a very happy version of Superman, in a sense. Like, more the, like, really friendly kind of Superman that you expect from, like, the animated shows and everything, where he's, you know, always trying to help the even the littlest of guys with the smallest of problems. Like, basically what they're doing with uh, Superman and that current CW show, the one that people are actually really liking. You know the one I'm talking about, Ollie. Say it again. Ollie? 
Oh. Say it again. I'm trying <laughs> um, to think. I'm like, wait, I'm high. What? Like the the current the current Superman show. The the, the current oh, CW Superman yeah, show. Superman and people Lois. are really liking this iteration of Superman. Yeah. Yeah, Superman and apparently and that's the like, that's the model that they're going for when it comes to Henry Cavill's return in Man of Steel two. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I could see that because honestly, what Zack Snyder did with Man of Steel was really really good. But then when they did BVS and then Justice League after, it was way too quick to be like the demise of Superman, and it was just very dark. Like it didn't have a lot of like happy tones. Like. You know, right. even even when Superman was saving somebody at the beginning of BVS, he was he he was in like Mexico and all the people in the Dia de los Muertos like face paint were like trying to touch him and everything and he he didn't look happy or or joyous or whatever. He looked very <laughs> like solemn and grim. And even like the whole BVS like like Snyder cut, it was him basically in investigating batman for his crimes and it was just again just very dark so in the recent interview with henry cavill and they asked him like what do you want for the future of superman and he yeah he was like oh there needs to be joy there needs to be hope and there needs to be mm -hmm. um happiness or something like that was what he said yeah which and i think which, that's a good thing that yeah. they're like that he's at least um he's like saying it out loud that these are things that he wants to happen but i also think it makes the most sense for them to do this like they with snyder they gave us a realistic look at what a superman type person would be treated as in a modern day it's a very polarizing thing you have people like you said um in the the gulf of mexico or wherever he was that are treating him like a god and then he goes back to america and everybody is uh, saying that he's the root cause of all of these problems and whatever, and then like the bomb explodes in the uh, in the courthouse and like kills everybody, and he's just left there, and they blame him for not uh, not seeing it and stuff, right? right? And I think that it's good that we had that happen because then we actually are going to see the character progression and uh, um, have it, have Superman for once not be the most static character in all of comic history. Sorry, one more time. Like, like he's always the same. Like, th this is the only time where we've ever had an opportunity for him to go from, like Ollie was saying, a darker, more, uh, like, I guess, less happy version of the character. And we're going to be able to see his transition based on events in the next movie that lead him to be a more joyful, uh, hopeful, and happy character. Right. But that's good because, like, traditionally, Superman is one of those two things and never changes ever. That's always how he's presented. Just like he's that, either like dark or he's asshole. hopeful. <laughs> Pardon? Is it just like Batman's a brooding, moody asshole? Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. Like DC is particularly bad for that and not having their characters really do very much in terms of growth. Right. But because of the way that Snyder initially set it up, it there's a lot of opportunity where they can use the advantages of him initially giving us a darker look at DC and then having things slowly like warm up a little bit over time based on, you know, them meeting other heroes, them uh, like seeing the, the good in even like groups of regular citizens, you know, like maybe I, I like the Lex Luthor becoming president storyline. 
And if something like that happened, and then there was an uprising of the people against Lex Luthor as president, like I'm sure that would restore a lot of confidence in heroes like Superman to see that people are against these like tyrants taking over, stuff like that. Like it, it just a way yeah. for him to to eventually no, grow I, as a character. I agree. Okay, so like let's say. Let's say they they introduce Superman at the end of this Black Adam movie, and at first it's like my my first thought is like, oh, I'm curious when did Amanda Waller get into being able to order Superman around? Like he showed up like that. Did she just go up to him and convince him like, hey, there's this big bat over here. I'm not going to tell you anything about it, but you need to stop it now because it could be a Zod situation again. Or, like, is there more to it? Like, I'm wondering what they're kind of going to develop here. But the way I can see that play out with Superman being, like, a, a sign of hope is he comes into Kandak. He sees that Black Adam and, like, is it a city-state or did it, was it the capital of the country or what? Because they also... Oh, um, I think point, it was. I think it was the capital. I think, yeah, and it must be close to Vietnam because they were in, like, the rice paddies when he, like, punched that guy. That was actually one of the other jokes that I thought was kind of funny when he was chasing the inner gang bikes looking for the kid. And then he crash landed Mm. in the rice paddy and then he, like, punched that guy up into the air. And then um, fucking Dr. Fate was just like, okay, well, we need that guy to interrogate him. Where is he? And and then he's like, uh... And then the guy just like falls in the background. But anyways, like maybe that's. I mean, I I think like in terms of location, I don't think it's actually close. Like they were doing a lot of the like hyper skipping thing with that. Yeah. So I don't think they were that close. I think it was they they used that to show us the the speed that they were traveling to give us like an estimate for how fast Black Adam is. That's I think the only reason that even existed in the movie. Yeah. It's just like another showboating moment. I get behind that. He's just as fast as Superman. Yeah, I mean, like I think that's quick. really the point that they're trying to drive home is that he's like capable of doing all the same things. He just has no moral compass to stop him from, as he so puts it, every five minutes is the bad guy <laughs> and kills people. Um, <laughs> any, anyways, like yeah. As I was saying, like Superman could totally come into the situation blind and think that there's some big bad here to fight, but then kind of come to realize he could help Black Adam in like liberating his country from intergang, and that's going to be the premise of the Black Adam versus Superman movie, maybe, and then that will then lead on to bigger reveals and things of the way the DC universe is working here. Because I think inner gang is 100% something that's going to come back. Like, as Ryan said, it could link to Gorilla Grodd and Gorilla City or whatever. Um, and I'd be down for Gorilla Grodd. Gorilla Grodd's a and, fucking cool and if villain. It, yeah, and if it goes there, it's obviously going to get more into Star Labs. And who do we know that's been involved in Star Labs? Well, not that they're going to come back, but Cyborg, right? His, whole, his dad is, like, a top scientist at Star Labs. And then mm-hmm. the Flash is also kind of involved with Star Labs in some iterations, and they're just generally like a big science corporation that like metahumans end up being involved with. So I yeah. see potential for it to really like blow it up, and they're definitely going to make milk this Black Adam thing, especially since I bet the Rock is super hard to like tie down to a project, and probably mm. very expensive. So they're going to try to use him as much as possible. 
I think the Man of Steel 2 movie is like TBD, but it's estimated to come out like 2025. So I think that that's going to be their next project and they're going to they're going to get on that like right away. And I think I think it's more so going to be a Man of Steel movie versus like a Batman movie that has Batman in it where, you know, it's, it'll be like Black Adam 2, but with Superman in it. I think it's going to be Superman and Friends. Honestly, I hope you're be. right. I really do. Is like, like I was saying before, the DC universe benefits so heavily from being as interconnected as it is. And like you just like pointed out all those like connecting dots with characters like going back to Star Labs and like Blackgate Prison and all these things. Like it, it truly does benefit from all of it being connected to each other and all of these heroes existing simultaneously. Um, and that's exactly what I want to see in the future. I want to see all of these movies have other characters that like, I don't know, man of steel can have just some random heroes that we might never see again for a couple of movies or like just show us how prominent meta humans are in the DC universe. I think that that's what they need to do first and foremost when it comes to building like world building right now. Right. Do you think it's at all possible? We could get Ray Fisher back as cyborg. I hope so, man. I really hope so. I really don't want anybody to recast it. I know. Same here. Like his character Same was here. so good. It was a real shame they didn't have the Snyder cut be the majority of what was actually released theatrically. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that movie has a completely different tone, and uh, like having it be Cyborg's kind of movie, like it was. Yeah, I thought it really did work, but. I don't know, like maybe maybe he's looking in at all of this from the outside and like willing to give it another shot because things like they obviously did not go well with him when he was playing the character of Cyborg, but he was still willing to come back and work with Zack Snyder and do a whole bunch of reshoots and like make scenes from the ground up um, to finish his vision. So right. if, if like with the rock being such a, a big proponent of fighting for the Snyderverse and all of that, and wanting to have uh, so much say in how these, uh, these movies are structured and where the storylines go. I think there's a potential. I, I really do. I think there's a, a, an actual genuine potential that we'll see Ray Fisher appear again. Yeah. I wouldn't rule really it out for so. sure. Especially if like all this being Ezra said, Miller. Oh, go ahead. All Ollie. people. Sorry, I was just saying, especially if Ezra Miller of all people is not officially like out yet, like yeah, that is I don't know what's been happening with that. Like very the curious. most recent updates, I think he's in his trial right now, right? Like it's ongoing. Yeah, I. You know what? What I'm scared of is that they're gonna pull what they did with the Batgirl movie with it, because they might be weighing their options here and being like okay, we're going to delay it long enough that the trial goes past, everyone forgets about the controversies. Or they're being like, we're putting it far away because we're not sure what to do with it, whether to reshoot, whether to recast or something like that. But if they recast yeah. it and put Ben Affleck in it, then I feel like they're committing and they can't ax it like they did Batgirl. Mm -hmm. And I agree. I, I don't think that if anything, this movie probably will not get axed. Um, I don't even think that they would do like complete reshoots with another person instead of Ezra Miller. I think they would just kill him off at the end and replace him with one of the other flashes that we have already seen from the trailers. Um, 
But it seems like they're banking so heavily on this movie to be their saving grace. Like as much as Black Adam had the potential to do that, and a lot of people thought that that was going to be the the big movie to bring back DC in a big way. They have always been banking on the fact that that movie for them is The Flash. And I think that's evident in the fact that we got reviews for the movie before the first trailer dropped. And every review of the movie critically has been very good. Right. Yeah, that's true. So to me, like, I think they've, they've just put all their fucking cards in on this one. I think they really went all in on this Flash movie. And so. this is going to be the make because, it or break it for them. Because, okay, one thing I could see with um, this Black Adam movie is it could tie into the uh, Blue Beetle movie. Because what else? who else do we know that has an origin story in the Middle East? Or like Northern Africa, technically. Well, isn't he? Uh, isn't he like? I thought he was Mexican. Well, he's a Mexican. He was Mexican. I mean, there's yeah, every bit of that is true. Um, the Blue Beetle, the current one that they're using, he's like the third one down the line. He's he's a yeah. Latino teenager that ends up getting it. The original um, one, um, not Ted Cord, because I think Ted Cord is Booster Gold. Maybe it, it is Blue Beetle. I can't remember, but the original Blue Beetle was an archaeologist who discovered it in like Egypt or whatever. So right. I can see how that ties in. Same with Intergang because there's the whole like um, uh, Reach storyline that I don't know if you guys remember from Young Justice at all um, that has to do with Blue Beetle. And that included a oh, lot of yeah. like space age tech. So I can kind of see, mm-hmm. oh, maybe that'll tie into Intergang and what they are. I really, really get, like, um, it's not Apocalypse. There's, like, two planets in the DC universe where, like, one is heaven, one is hell. And Apocalypse is hell, and I can't remember the other one, but there's, like, a good planet with, like, basically, like, Thor-level, like, gods and people who also use boom tube technology and have, like... You don't mean the Thanagarians, do you? Like, the Hawk people? No, no, they're not hawk people because they all have different like kind of vibes and styles and shit like that. Like they're okay, not but like, that place is presented as like when you all every time you see that place, it's presented as like a like a heavenly place with all these angels flying around. But it's yeah. actually like one of the worst races of like warriors in the, in the universe, and they start massive civil wars with like planets they go and invade. That's funny. Um, but no, it's uh, these. Oh man, there was a. No, I I can't remember. I'm gonna try to find out what it is, and maybe we'll talk about it next episode or when it's relevant again. But yeah, um, sure. it's not like that. They they have they have history with apocalypse and with dark side, and I think like they're they always have like wars. Like they're they're apocalypse's biggest like opposers essentially. And oh, wait, Marvel's apocalypse. No, whatever Darkseid's planet is called, isn't is it not Apocalypse with like a <laughs> oh, K? Um, ap- Apocrypha, no. No, no I'm pretty sure it's Apocalypse with oh, a K. It is Apocalypse, yeah. Yeah, that's Darkseid's world is Apocalypse. There's yeah. also the Mongols' world, which is called the War World. Oh, yeah, that's real original. And then yeah, <laughs> super cool. 
dude if you guys if you guys have never done this i highly recommend you just go through a list of like dc characters like heroes and villains just their names just like a list of names and it will make you like it will actually make you laugh uncontrollably the shit is dumb sometimes they have some of the worst names of any like fictional storytelling i've ever seen (laughs) some of them are awful but they're hilarious um Anyways, yeah, I kind of forget where I was going with the whole Blue Beetle tying into it, but I'm, like, what I was also wanting to say was that Black Adam really felt like it was an experiment. Like, I don't think the mo- the movie really felt like it had, it knew what its, like, footing necessarily was. It had so many different acts, and at the end of every act, I was like, is the movie over? Like, where is it going from here? <laughs> like, especially yeah. once they, like, resolved the issue, Black Adam, like, surrendered, said Shazam... I was like, wait, is this going to have, like, an anticlimactic ending and they're going to have, like, Superman show up there and, like, wake him up or something like that? Um, huh. And then, no, the, the whole Sadak thing happened. Um, well, right. I thought Sadak. for whatever reason, for a split second, that they were going to end it there and then they were going to make a sequel out of, yeah, like, the demon taking over and coming back or whatever. And I was like, wait, hold on. You can't end this here. <laughs> really? I, I didn't get that feeling at all. I I feel like basically from the moment the movie started it was predictable to a point that you could tell your next line like minutes before it would happen right and like that goes doubly for the storyline i thought the only thing that i was surprised by was amanda waller's uh prominence as a character i didn't think that she would be in this movie at all that was the only thing that surprised me in the entire i didn't think we were gonna see what's her name from peacemaker either who the blonde that met them at the facility. Oh, is is that uh okay? The, it kind of seemed the... like she was a character from something, but I've never seen Peacemaker, so I didn't recognize her. It's like the way that she presented herself. I was like, okay, do we know this person? Yes, but I didn't. I didn't know do. that. Who? Have what's you her name? Watched Peacemaker yet? No, <laughs> I have not. Did we know I've that? Been, I've been slow getting hey, to it. I feel like we spoke about every episode of Peacemaker. How have you not seen it? Because we talked about every episode. Oh, damn. Oh, maybe you're right. I can't remember. Yeah, we, we talked about all of it. I remember talking about yeah. the conclusion. We, we All three of us got mad about the cameo at the end because, like, like, it was cool, but it was still just, like, lacking everything that we wanted from it. I remember us having that conversation. I know we at least talked about the finale, but I'm pretty sure we also talked about the like two episodes before that where his dad is revealed to be like the white dragon or red dragon or whatever the fuck it was right yeah we we talked about peacemaker so i just never felt the need to watch it but i will for sure when season two is like closer to being dropped just so i'm more like refreshed on it oh yeah that was the other thing i was i wanted to bring about or maybe i just zoned out and you guys were talking about it but the fucking cameo of the chick from peacemaker yeah that's what alex just said <laughs> okay good okay good because <laughs> if, do i remember Pe- the end of peacemaker right because i thought she died no did she not die i don't think so i feel like she died so this movie must take place before that happened fact check that one man i hmm. low-key feel like she died but I also feel like I remember a scene where they were all bloodied and driving away in the like van or whatever. 
But yeah, because I thought that, that like the butterflies would like infect people and kill them and then they would be dead. But I thought they found a way at the end to like have them not be dead because the butterflies infected everything. Hmm. Could... Wasn't it something like that? Maybe. Like I thought it was something Fuck. like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of messy. We're bad at now. this, folks. Yeah, we are. Stoners should I not mean, be again, in charge of talking. I still haven't even seen this show. Well, right. And I'm like, <laughs> we had full on conversations about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> Didn't watch a lick of it. So, all this being said, I want to circle back and finally get our reviews. Uh, Alex, you had uh, you had kind of been talking about it like a little bit before we tangented it off into something. And I want to hear out of 10 what you think of this movie. And just like hard, briefly why. Hard seven. Um, okay. Because, yeah, there's a lot of cheese to this movie. Um, there's a lot of rock moments. Um, <laughs> it's a good term for it. I like that. I think that well, we're gonna like, probably continue using it. Well, right. Like you look at a movie that The Rock is in, and it kind of like it all has the same kind of feel. His characters have a, the same feel to him, and it's his delivery. And I was expecting more. I wanted more Black Adam, less Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> um, right. However, all of the action in this movie. And all of the other subplotty stuff, like I, I did enjoy it. The plot was weak. I'll, I'll, I'll give it that. It was wasn't wasn't the the best of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the action and all of that kind of makes up for it on my end. I heavily enjoyed this movie, uh, and I'm hoping that this this could eventually, dare I say it, lead us back into a Snyder fucking universe where we get to finish our story but with more people to go into it mm-hmm. um but yeah hard mm-hmm. hard seven out of ten all right i like it ollie yeah. what do you think um hard seven out of ten is what alex said do i say the same thing do i go copy higher me? do i go lower <laughs> don't let copy me, me let me get let me let me state this if if i said the same thing as you you'd be copying me no matter if it was you saying it before or me i get dibs but i said it first but i get dibs so now you're copying me (laughs) so you are reverse copying me um this isn't like the flash and reverse flash and other other flash (laughs) um (laughs) let's see yeah i want to give it a 7.5 Ooh, gets a point five. Yeah, just because I'm Why? hopeful. Because I'm hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> Where it leads. That's fair. Okay. That's more than fair. Ryan. <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, like I'm sitting right there with you guys. I also really? would give it a pretty solid seven. seven. And. Damn. As much as I, as much as like I've said, the movie is unbelievably predictable and it does absolutely nothing special in terms of its plot design and character <laughs> development. It's fun. The one thing that it does <laughs> that is absolutely integral to superhero movies is make it incredibly entertaining and fun to watch. Oh, and man. when it comes down to that, th- like we haven't seen, in my opinion, we haven't seen a superhero movie this fun since early Marvel. Yeah. 
Like, I don't think Endgame and uh, and Infinity War, I don't think you can really compare because they're not they're not purely fun movies. They're like genuinely pretty good films. Right. But I'm thinking more along the lines of like, uh, like a Spider-Man Homecoming where, you know, it wasn't like great, but it was a lot of fun to watch. It was really yeah. cool to see a new Spider-Man. Right. Um, and like things of the sort, like it, it was, it did exactly what I wanted it to do and just be pure entertainment. So like I'm, seeing... I'm very happy giving it a seven. Right. I just I just really like seeing how powerful Black Adam is. Like they really really drive that in. Like Yeah. And I think they knocked it out of the park when it came to every fight scene that he was in. I thought it was really, really well done. Like Hawkman's Um, gonna come in with his magic club. The fuck out of here. (laughs) Oh, that was another thing. And I I totally forgot about this point because I'm I'm high. Mm -hmm. They didn't really touch on Hawkman's backstory. We got a little. We got more out of fucking Doctor so, Fate than we did out of Hawkman. I think it's intentional, though. Like that's one of the things that I'm truly convinced they're well, using as a setup tool. Right, Although I'm surprised that they went with Hawkman instead of Hawk Girl, because I thought that she was the more like prominent Justice League character. But uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe like New Fifty Two comics are more no, you're Hawkman right. than Hawkwoman. You're right. Hawk Girl has always, even in the CW, she was the first Hawk one they introduced, yeah. and Hawkman they introduced like a season later. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you I, think that they had? Sorry, I want. I got to complete this thought yeah. before. I mm-hmm. lose yep, my you're brain. good. Go ahead. Do you think? Um, do you think they made a nod towards that when him and Doctor Fate are talking? He's like, well, you'll die. And he's like, I don't fear death. And kind of like half smirks. Like, do you think that yeah. was a nod at, at his backstory? I do. I actually do. And if anything, the one thing that surprised me in the movie was the fact that he didn't die. Because they are, when they're separate from each other, they're immortal. And like, will come back to life. So I, I was actually genuinely surprised that fate didn't just look further ahead and see that he would come back after he was killed. Right, but I I do think so. I I think that uh, I think that like that was kind of intentional because he would have been around for thousands of years at this point, like predating the Mayan calendar. Right. So I I don't know. I mean, it definitely well, like something I hope they do, but it's it's well, hard to say because that was the really only... the one thing I can point out that was like might lead to something else. You know, yeah. I couldn't yeah, give you just... another example, even if I racked my brain for the next ten minutes. Well, sorry. <laughs> did, did you did you mention like what what was your example again? That uh... um, that Alex said that when Doctor Fate uh, told him that. He was the one that was gonna die. He smirked yeah, and okay. said, "I'm not afraid of death." Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, they're they're going with that whole reincarnation thing that he does. But I got the sense from that comment that his reincarnate, like Doctor Fate, still feared for his death. I think his reincarnation isn't like, or maybe it never was, but it isn't an instant thing. It might take generations for him to even be born again, and then to get to where he was. And it kind of seems like he built an empire and he's basically like Bruce Wayne in Louisiana. So yeah, like he's got a mansion and everything. I mean, like you're right. Like when they, when they die and they reincarnate, they don't really come back as themselves. Like they are themselves, but they still have to 
like relearn everything from the ground up and relearn their own history and like who they were and all of these things. But um, if, if it is accurate to the source material, I know they both arrived during like ancient Egyptian times and were uh, pharaohs for a couple hundred years before they were separated and killed by somebody. And then, or I think it was just Hawk Girl that got killed and she reincarnated and didn't know anything about herself and ended up joining the Justice League and then eventually created the the Thanagarian revolution where they tried to invade Earth and take over the planet. Huh. But they as far as I know, they come back with like they come back as basically the with the mind of a child. Yeah. And they have to learn yeah. their history where they, they remember it. Um, so the only time that I've ever actually seen this like happen, uh, they, it was when Hawkman met Hawkgirl for the first time since her reincarnation. And he took her to Egypt and showed her like the, uh, the hieroglyphs and whatever, and showing like their history being Pharaoh's. Uh, to like prove that his claims were true and all of that because they're like destined to be together or whatever. Huh. But well, I, that was I also many years some... after her reincarnation. But right. sorry. Well, I hope ahead. we get more more of that in the in the future. Then. Mm-hmm. I don't really have anything else to say about uh, Black Adam or Andor, though. Um, and, uh, I mean, we are about to hit that two hour mark. So unless you guys really wanted to yeah. bring up anything else in particular, then I say, no, we I got, uh, I got nothing here. Yeah. I got nothing as well. We can definitely right, jump cool. to the shout outs. Yeah. Well, tell me what to do. Ollie. I <laughs> am telling what us all to do. Look, it's my birthday soon. So you have to be nice to me. Well, and then it's my <laughs> birthday, like two weeks after that. So then switch Uno reverse card. I don't accept that as currency. <laughs> <laughs> That's too bad. This isn't about you right now. This is about me. <laughs> um, yeah, let's, let's move it right into the shout outs. The usual shout outs, of course, to our homies all the way over at Nerd Talk Plus. Go check out Javier and the boys um, and sometimes girls. They do have people on. Um, go check them out. They're like us, but American. That's just how it is said it once and it stuck and and that's that is now their product description <laughs> check those boys out special shout out to my boy synthetic what what yeah. he's got his youtube channel up and running there yes, will sir. be a link in the description below go there slap that sub button say hi be nice Please that's do. all i got <laughs> <laughs> he will tell you more about that in just a second and of course shout outs to joey over at blind knowledge he's our promoter he puts our stuff out on the internet so folks like you can listen to it and uh go check out blindknowledge.com there's other plenty of other shows stuff like us stuff not like us at all more serious more whimsy it's all there on blindknowledge.com go check that out and uh yeah ryan if people want to find you on the internet where do they find you yeah, so like Alex said, you guys can find me on YouTube, but also on Instagram at Synthetic7S. Uh, I've been 
streaming a little bit more lately. Um, I did a Thursday watch party stream for Tales of the Jedi last week, so that nice. is uh, also on the channel as well as the newest Andor watch party. So make sure you guys go and check that out to get my thoughts on uh, both of the most recent episodes. It's a little more detail than what I was able to remember for Andor stuff uh, here today. So it's a little more of a of a comprehensive take, I would say. But uh, definitely plenty of stuff to watch over there. There's a good couple weeks of streams already saved on the channel. Uh, so stop by, drop a subscription, and uh, say what's up in the chat. And that is Synthetic7S on YouTube. Yeah, link down in the description below. Ollie, people want to find you on the internet. Where do they find you? Whoa. Just like, it's kind of like Aquaman where he calls all the fishes of the ocean. You just kind of like E into the chat and then I'll just pop up there. (laughs) 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 But uh, for real, um, on Instagram at Oliver.HRuiz. Ruiz. Damn right. And if you want to find me on the internet, you can. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. On Instagram at Snurfin. On Twitter at The Real Snurfin. Pretty sure I explained that one like a long time ago. I don't really yeah, feel like he's playing so. that again. No, you don't. Because like I like I tried I I tried to have both at Snurfin and then I yeah. Anyway. Um and if you want to find us <laughs> the podcast on the internet. One, you can find us literally everywhere all over the world, everywhere podcasts are on. I've, I've, I selected all the boxes. We are out all over the world. Like literally all over the world. In fact, yeah, what was the crazy. latest? The latest one was like, there was like Japan and uh, what's that? I think India. Let me just move over to here we are. Oh, Brazil now is another oh, one. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. Shoutouts to Brazil, fans of the show, obviously. Because they heard about us <laughs> talking about that Fast and Furious movie that happened there. Oh, that was exactly. Cool. <laughs> that is exactly it. And they want to sway us with their barbecue. <laughs> I might be okay with that. Uh, Brazilian barbecue is fucking delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Do you want me some chicken hearts again? I mean, I don't know how I feel about chicken hearts, but like all the picanha and... And sausage and uh, I haven't been to Brazilian barbecue for fucking ever. I feel I like we talked go. about going at some point way back in the day, and then we just never. Yeah, went. and then never did. We have to, yeah, we have to. It's a it is a rite of passage. Ryan, have you been to Brazilian barbecue? Nope. God, you uncultured swine. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly. I mean, I'm I'm not going to explain it here and now, but it is fucking delicious, and we should plan a trip at some point to do that. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Everybody needs to go at least shout once. Anyways, all... <laughs> shout out to all the local Brazilian barbecue places. Fan of the show. <laughs> Fans of the show. That's Gaucho and Pampa and uh, Minas. I think Minas is another. One. What's the one like that's like connected to the Smuggler's Den or whatever that is? I can't remember. Anyways, all the ones in Calgary. Shout outs, fans of the show. Um, that concludes. Our episode, which actually concluded like a minute ago with the rambling, but that's fine. As always, uh, enjoy that outro music, and until next week, peace. Adios. Peace.